1: From running with another episode of Believe in Kentucky alongside the source of the highlight, former QB for UK, Jalen Whitlow. Cat's pose covering everything, the overlap and Gershon <laughs> and fellas. We had all kinds of stuff popping off since we were on last. How are y'all doing?
2: Yeah, it's hard to keep right. up. <laughs> it's hard to keep up it's been a it's been a hell of a week since we last talked here and uh feels like Thanksgiving was like three weeks or three months ago but uh it was only six days ago and a hell of a lot has happened you know on the football side and got some you know a really really fun really two fun but especially one fun basketball game to talk about so uh it, it's been hectic here in lexington to say the least
1: yeah for sure I know we were. Uh, Got to get to the, the the football win, the basketball win, everything that broke loose after that. But in the midst of all that, I was mentioning the group. I was like, do "We do we need to do an emergency podcast." But then,
2: <laughs> oh, it was you look, close.
1: It, you look at it, Kentucky's can steadily been beating Louisville, so that's nothing to do a podcast about, you know. And honestly, twenty sixteen was more surprising than yeah. this past Saturday, yeah, so probably. we really don't need to do a podcast about that. Stoops ends up staying, so we don't know how to do a podcast about that. Had he left, of course, you got yeah, to we get here and Sunday. talk about that. So it was much ado about a lot, but it ended up being everything <laughs> staying the same for now. So here we are on our regularly scheduled <laughs> Wednesday yeah.
2: evening. Regular scheduled programming. But uh no, it was... Man, that I mean, I, I'm I'm not going to say I'm as plugged in as everyone. That that's for darn sure. There are plenty of people more plugged in than me. But from what I heard, and kind of going through the the two four seven people and the folks over at uh, the Texas AM site and then our site, uh, it, it seemed like it was pretty darn close. I mean, whether there was a deal that I, I don't know if it was ever be you know stuff printed out and getting ready to be signed type of thing but I do think there was at least kind of a verbal, okay, yeah, yeah we'll do this thing. Um, for, I know Stoops will deny that. I'm sure am sure AM already denied that. I actually know they denied it in their press conference. So we'll never know the full truth of exactly what happened, but there was too much smoke out there for it not to be real. And I think that between the fan outrage, which we can get into, because I think it's, it's a ridiculous reaction from their fan base. Yeah, I um, was into that. Yeah, we will. But uh, between that and maybe one or two guys on that board down there in Aggieland, it, it didn't happen. And Mark Stoops is here. Uh, he put it on Twitter late that night to put everyone to sleep, which I appreciated. And, um, you know, we're here we, now. It's portal season. Coaching staff changes and it's business as normal. But, uh, man, it, it I really thought for most of Saturday, really during the day when it all started to come to a head. And then of course, Saturday night when some of those reports that stated Stoops was going to be the guy. Um, yeah. We were prepared for probably to have a, a coach hired here, but, you know, probably around today, tomorrow, you know, this week, it, it was, it was getting into that territory guys. Yeah. I, you know, I, like you said, it is, it, is almost,
0: is almost too much to, um, it's so much to keep up with right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm on a portal thing right now. I know there's a lot of coaching, mm-hmm. coaching carousel is, is wild, but um but yeah, I, you know, and some people may say I'm lying when I say this, but I really, you know, this is how I felt. I think it was after South Carolina, or may have been a week before. Um I was watching Stoops' postgame, maybe I'm like South
2: Carolina, yeah
0: or well, maybe it was the interview on the Monday after South Carolina. I'm like, man, he don't he don't seem as concerned. Like, I mean, he didn't seem as worried. I was like, it's something. It, it got to be something else going on. He don't seem as worried as he as he usually is after right. a big loss like that. Um, contract talks were probably you know going on, and it was you know was probably uh, taking much of his energy and time. But I, I noticed that. You know, and, and maybe it's because I, you know, I was around him a lot and I just kind of know, you know, but I don't know. I was like, I, wanna, yeah. I wonder why he don't seem as worried, as frustrated, as disappointed as he should after a loss like that to South Carolina. And maybe I could be totally wrong right here, but maybe uh contract toss. Huh, were going on and he, you know, those dollar signs were, uh, were really, uh, you know, adding up. In his head. So I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah. look, a lot of stuff happened Saturday was a hell of a day <laughs> in, college, in college football world, a day that I thoroughly enjoyed. I mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoyed all of the, you know, the talk and the, you know, the, the speculation and the rumors, uh, enjoyed all the games, you know, uh, that was a, a hell of a win at Louisville, which, you know, I had a feeling that they would play better. I didn't know they would win. Uh, they they looked like the better team most of the time. No doubt. Uh, you know, so that was good. But, you know, just a great day all in all, an exciting day, a stressful day for some, uh, <laughs> wearing, wearing the blue and white for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, this guess we'll start with the football game and then all of the festivities afterwards that yeah. you had to cover and then get to the basketball. We'll We'll go. Well, well,
2: well, Real quick to finish on Stoops. Uh, The Texas A&M fan reaction. Can you – like? I I don't know. Maybe it's just because I've – Jalen, you were obviously a player. I've covered him for six years. Vinny, you've been around him too a little bit. Um, (laughs) How would that be a bad hire? I, I just don't get it. Mark Stoops has done a lot with a little here at Kentucky. I mean, look, they're not as resourced, not even halfway as resourced. Uh, when it comes to the dollars, uh, as Texas A&M is Texas A&M, the oil money is real. The NIL situation is top notch. I mean, they have it as good as any one in the country. And what has Mark Stoops' his whole thing really been since he's gotten here? And maybe some of the reasons they've struggled the last couple of years—it's been the whole recruit and develop. I mean, he has recruited these three stars, even guys like CJ Taylor and Josh Allen that were two stars, and turned them into really good winning football players. And you give him some five-star proven guys and you give him some money to spend on free agents and on a coaching staff that who knows who he would have brought with him from here, but there's some good ones here. I'm sure he could have got his hands on. They have some good ones already in AM, like uh, Like I believe it's Elijah Robinson, the interim coach who I think was in the running too to get the final guy, job there. I mean, mm-hmm. he would have put together a heck of a staff. He would have had a lot of money to work with. And I think would have done some pretty good things in college station. Um the fan reaction was ridiculous. So maybe, uh, Kentucky fans, the ones that know that, you know, I think John Samuel probably would have been the guy and, you know, we could save that for another day. Um, but I still think Mark Stoops is the guy for this program until he isn't, he's deserved that, uh, he's deserved to go out on his own terms, whether that be for another job, whether that be retirement. Um, but I just could not believe the outrage for a guy like Mark Stoops. I mean, there I remember when LSU got open a couple of years ago, there were some fans from LSU that I saw advocating for Mark Stoops. And I understand Kentucky was coming off a 10-win year that year, but still like this guy has done a lot in a place that is hard to win at. And uh I couldn't I just couldn't believe the reaction. Maybe I should have believed it, but I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I,
0: I didn't understand it. And the reason why I didn't understand it was because the other names that fans were throwing out there, like Texas A&M fans were throwing out, even Mike Elko, like yeah, Mike Elko and Jed Fish, who yeah, Sto- Sto- they've Stoops, done a good they-
2: job, but in such a smaller sample size,
0: no doubt. Like Stoops was the most proven name that yeah. you can throw in that in that in that cup. Uh, so I was I was shocked by that. I was shocked by Kentucky fans' reaction as well, but I think the Texas a m fan reaction was was really weird to me. Because at the end of the day, who else are you gonna? Hide? You're not getting Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, so not even uh, Ryan
2: Day or Dabo Sweeney. That was n- never happening.
0: Yeah, and you know, and I think you know, I think Stoops is a better hire than Dabo Sweeney. I think Stoops is more. Stoops can. Um, he's proven to adapt better to this new world of NIL and transfer <laughs> portal better than Dabo Sweeney. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. To me, that would have been now. Ryan Day would have been a hell of a hire, but uh, the the Stoops hire is, is 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 always good. And my philosophy behind hiring is if you got a proven defensive guy, no doubt. Yeah, pay. and even even the AM's AD said that. Yeah, Your and point. if you don't if you don't have a proven defensive guy that you can get, where's the most fun offense to watch? Where well, we know we're going to get quarterbacks, we're going to get numbers. Yep, Ryan Day. Signed the paper, 1, right? One thousand percent. But that wasn't gonna happen. So nope. you know, Stoops, in my opinion, was the best candidate for that job. But again, I think the people who have their pulse on the fan base really pulled the plug on that because no doubt you had you had, and I think I really believe that the fan base's reaction kind of killed it because you yep. had people. I mean, saying that they would rather have some wild people. Other than Mark Stoops. I mean, like wild names they were throwing out there. You're like, right. they were throwing out Lance Lipo, which I think he's a great coach. Yeah. However, Chris Lyman. Lance Lipo has, to my knowledge, has never coached at a school in the South. Uh, I think that's a big so. deal. Uh, Stoops has. Stoops has recruited in Alabama, Georgia. He's coaching in the Southeastern Conference. He has
2: proven. Coached at Houston for a couple of years.
0: Yeah. He has proven. Coached at Florida State. He has proven to be able to recruit the Southeast Arizona region of the United included, States. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I didn't understand that. But again, as we see, uh, based on the Mike Elko introductory press conference, the whole thing over is a little bit weird, man. So, I get it.
2: <laughs> yeah, could you picture you've been around Mark more than both of us? Uh, we've just been in a professional setting. But can you imagine Mark doing that, whatever the hell they call it, where they're swaying each other like it is? <laughs> The cringiest of cringiest things. And I, I yeah, I, I'm I, already I, trying to picture Mark Stoops getting a bail, uh, a mayo bath when if they win the Mayo Bowl in a couple of weeks. I, I can't imagine. I, think I, can't, be the drop. <laughs> I can't
0: imagine that at all. But they say, man, it's funny with money and make somebody do. <laughs> you ain't wrong. They they, they, they say that yeah, too. So but I, I don't think he, yeah, you know, it's just the whole situation was just kind of odd to me a little bit.
1: Now and for everybody, look, we, we're coming to you live as well on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook, Believe.com, courtesy of the Believe Network. Uh, jump in and comment. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube. Subscribe, all that. Appreciate it. Get a comment. We'll put it up on the screen. We'll show it. We'll ask, answer your questions, best of our ability. If you got a comment or opinion, feel free to drop it on there and keep watching the season every week. Um, I'm going to play devil's advocate, and it's going to not yeah. totally, but a little bit. And if people hear it and take it out of context, and maybe think I'm not a stoops guy that soap whatever, I'm not. But no, sex, I'm. They're weird. I'm. I'm trying to put myself in their shoes, and I can't totally do that because Jalen, you talked about how weird they are, and, and they're, they're weird. It's it's a little weird when a hunt, they do it at the game, but that's a little different. But in the press room, that whole yeah, that that was weird. <laughs> so have <laughs> from- to do.
2: I don't remember seeing that. I don't either. I'm going to have
1: to look that up after the show. Go ahead. Elko had been there before, so I don't know. Maybe, I mean, he knows the whole tradition or whatever. But from their perspective, you know, looking at Stoops, you just fired Jimbo, and Stoops worked under Jimbo. Like, like, why are we gonna fire this guy no, no, and no. bring in? I know exactly <laughs> why. Why are you gonna fire Jimbo, bring in Stoops, who is an assistant? One of the best Kentucky teams in recent history came to college station. Jimbo beat them in overtime, bringing yeah. the guy you beat. I, I will never not dog Tennessee for when they hired um Butch Jones, that was one of the few dudes that Derrick Dooley beat. Derek Dooley beat Cincinnati under yeah. Bush Jones. I was like, you can bring in a dude that actually, that's yeah. that's Derek Dooley's signature win, and you're going to bring this guy in. So from that standpoint, all right. And then from a fan standpoint, the first thing that they're going to do is look up his resume. Google his 73-64 and 64 record in the SEC as a head coach. He's only nine games above 500. Right. Now, having said all that, Texas A&M's opinion and perspective of themselves is, is warped, is skewed. They think they are a lot bigger and better than they are. And my boy TB and I were talking about this on Cast Talk Wednesday. Every coach they've had since Bear Bryant has been fired, they haven't had 10 win seasons like you think. They right. think they're Texas and they're not. They're in a state where not only are they the little brother, just like Louisville is, but they're in a state where a lot of other little brothers: Baylor, Houston, Texas well, Texas, last, all these, yeah. all these other Texas schools are little brother. TCU. In addition to Texas, well, yeah. La, yeah SM, I was going to say SMU last year they weren't even, and all of these other. So
2: yeah, last year they weren't even little brother. I mean, they're behind Texas and TCU. TCU yeah. playing for a national championship last year.
1: So yeah. I don't, you know, is I can see them saying, "Well, look, man, he he worked under Jimbo until you hire." Elko, who's a defensive guy, a proven defensive guy, but he did it in the ACC, not the yeah. SEC. So that,
2: yeah. It, it just and, makes, and in it fairness, no his sense. defenses were good at A and M, and I get maybe you know he's recruited there more recently. Yeah. It helps them hold on to some guys they might lose in the portal. So like I, I understand Elko f- for sure. Yeah, I, I think it's a separate conversation. But again, yeah, it is yeah. and it isn't. It is in the fact that it it, it is a hire that makes sense but it isn't because how could you be thrilled about that hire and bash Mark Stoops? That's right, the thing. That, I I would have, if I'm an am an AM fan down there, I'd be happy with either guy, but
1: they talking but, out of both sides of their mouth. That's exactly, how I,
2: that's exactly how I feel about that. I mean, this is a guy, Stoops is the second longest tenured coach in the SEC. And if you take, you know, yeah, the, these 20 games under 500 in the SEC lifetime, but uh, the first three years or first. Yeah. First, Three years yeah. when they were two 12, and ten, five 26. and seven. And then, yeah, 12 and 26 <laughs> is when you factor in the first three, uh, the first two games of the 2016 season when they lost to Southern Miss and lost to uh, Florida. So yeah. he started his tenure 12 and 26. Mm-hmm. I'm not good enough at math to give you what he's been since then, but it's pretty damn good. 61 so,
1: and 38. Yeah, something like since that. Since
2: then. So fourth yeah. most wins in the SEC since 2017. Mm-hmm. So I mean, look, uh, Kentucky dogs to bullet. I know there was some fans that were kind of like, maybe this was a perfect way to end the stoops there. And maybe it would have been, I mean, there's definitely the pony up thing a couple weeks ago. There were signs he was pretty disgruntled maybe with how things were going this season and the NIL situation. And, you know, there's still a lot to clean up with this roster that we'll get into when we hit the portal here. But, um, it, it, Mark Stoops is the right man for this job until he doesn't want to be. That's just he has earned that right at the University of Kentucky. I think John Summerall if if that if he's still on the market uh, when Stoops is done, that is your first call, first call, last call. But right now, uh, you should be pretty happy to keep uh, Mark Stoops in cell
1: Yeah, we'll say you, Jay.
2: No, I, I
0: mean, uh, I second that, man. I you know. Uh, I don't think, um, you know, my thing was you, you had a lot of rational people who really believed that, you know, if we really let Stoops walk, this is a terrible decision. Uh, it's going to be a terrible day uh, if he leave. I mean, I wouldn't say let him walk because, I mean, most no, people, they, yeah, yeah, most people are going to take that, I mean, if they can. Um, yeah, you
1: got
0: but, you know, my thing was you had some people who, you know, weren't r- really – um, excited to see him come back and stay. They weren't really excited to see that the news that he was staying. Right. But I really didn't understand that man because, uh, you know, I, I just don't. What more? Like people got to be honest. Like, and I, I played there, so this is brutally honest. There's a ceiling there, no doubt. Now he has pushed that ceiling up a lot more than. A lot of people, even myself, thought could be pushed. Kind of um, like
1: he did in the Missouri locker room. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that's, that ceiling has been uh, – he's he's pushed that ceiling up. But at the end of the day, like, you got to know geographically and just the way everything is structured in the SEC right now, there is a – there's there are barriers there that are tough to overcome. You know, so winning ten games twice at the University of Kentucky in football is outstanding. You know, so I I really didn't understand, and I I don't understand why fans are so in the moment and emotional. Like I don't get it. Like you got people calling for Ryan Day's head. Who the hell are you going to hire right now that's going to yeah. move the program forward? Urban Meyer. Who? Who? Like he? Or, I mean. <laughs> And he ain't coming back. But you know, who are you going to hire if this name is not Nick Saban or Kirby Smart? Who are you going to hire at Ohio State that's going to be an immediate step in the right direction, in the Mm. positive direction? Nobody. It's it's hard to go anywhere. Right. Like you've won every single game outside of Alabama and Michigan and
1: Georgia.
0: Yeah. that year. So what? What what else do you want? (laughs) It's Michigan's time right here for for Kentucky. What else do you want? Like that's right. Yeah, I mean, like, what what do you want? Okay, the thing that you can get, you ask a, a fan, I want Mark Stoops gone. Okay, who do you want here? They can't tell you,
1: yeah.
0: They can't tell you because Urban Myers not coming here,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, Nick Saban's not leaving Alabama to come here, so Kirby Smart's not leaving Georgia. So, who do you want that's gonna push this culture forward? I don't believe, and this is a true statement that I really believe. I personally have a belief that if if he were to take the Texas A&M job, there's nobody in the country that will come to Kentucky and Kentucky will win more games next
2: year because he's there. No. You'd be entering a rebuild. You would. I mean, yeah. look, I I think John Summerall would be the best for sure. Yeah. And I'm not saying he would do what Stoops has done.
0: Yeah. And, you know, (laughs) uh, uh, allegedly, uh, you know, he will come here and, 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 you know, kind of pick up to where Stoops is. Left off. But I just don't believe it. My thing was, is fans got to be appreciative. Players, recruits don't like to see unappreciative, ungrateful fans. Yeah. As a high school kid, when I started getting recruited, the first thing I did was look at the stadiums and the fans in the stadiums and interact on social media with the fans. That's the first thing recruits do. If I see negative Nancy's, and 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 uh Danny Downers whatever you want to call him I don't I don't know if I like that like I want to go to a school where the fans are positive you would think Kentucky has been going you know 4 and 8 over the past few years the way the fans reacted to it or some of them I should say yeah. not all of them but you know I just I just didn't quite get that like what more do you want from this guy like this I mean this this dude deserves a statue outside the stadium for these at the University of Kentucky. They okay. have to give him that. So that that was my thing from Saturday, man. And I was I was up on my phone on Twitter checking the timeline, just like everybody else. <laughs> and I saw a lot of even people that I know that was like, "Let's yeah, let's get Stoops out of here."
2: Yeah, I'm
0: like, y'all, okay. That that if y'all sure about that, you know, if that happens, let's see where this thing goes now, uh, because I I just don't. I just don't agree with that. I don't, I don't agree with, um, you know, the, the, the in the moment reactions, like when when people just, you know, are really, really gung ho on saying, yes, let's get them out here. But if you ask that same person, all right, give me two or three people who you would like to bring in. They will sound silly because they would even not have people or they would give two silly names that you would like, that's a joke. Uh, so, you know, that, that's my thing, man. I, you know, I just won't. I just want people to be appreciative. You could have easily been born a Yukon football fan. Uh, so, so, you know, be appreciative of what the program has done the past X amount of years. I think it's I think it's a hell of a job by their staff. No
2: doubt.
1: And is it is it okay to be disappointed with 75? Yes. Sure. The the staff and stoops themselves are disappointed with seven and five. They they had higher expectations than that. Does that mean, like you say, just take it to the extreme and be so upset that you want him gone? And it doesn't mean that you're also, as a fan, accepting mediocrity. No, but no. don't don't be so insistent on thinking you should automatically expect to win 10 games a year. Not I yeah. mean, there's only only Alabama there. and Georgia and Ohio State are doing yeah. that. So it's you get a couple 10 win seasons. Don't just expect, enjoy it, but don't yeah. just say, oh, we, oh, we here. We 10 and yeah. two every year for life.
2: It ain't, I, no, it's, that's not. That's and not what's crazy about that, Vinny, is, you know, last year was, I think 2022 was the year 10 wins. The way the schedule was set up, the way they lost some of those games, that was really tough. Like the old Miss game, you're, you get lined up, you win. And maybe that changes a lot. And then there's another game that's slipping my mind that, I know they got their butts beat by Tennessee. Their Georgia game was pretty close. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Yeah, that game. Yeah. So you you really should have been – you really, really could have been 9-3 and three that year.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, or 9-3 and three going into the bowl, whatever happens. Then this year, the only game, like, I have a huge gripe with is South Carolina. Like, that was an unacceptable, disgusting loss. South Carolina Ooh. is a bad football team. They're not going to a bowl. Shane Beamer is going to be on the hot seat there. I mean that's just what it is in the SEC when you go from mm-hmm. nine wins to five. Um, in,
1: in Missouri,
2: you have fourteen. Missouri's nine, a top ten team this year. And, that, and, it sucks. And, 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 B- and B-
1: Tennessee is right there. So yeah. That's
2: that's the second. I would put it, if I were to rank their worst losses to best, I would go worst South Carolina way above. Yeah, yeah. Tennessee because they were beatable and you yeah. let them get off to the hot start. P- Missouri because you had the lead, but they're a really good football team. And then you could put Alabama and Georgia however you want. Those two games you aren't gonna win yeah. no matter they had
0: they had a big gripe, you know. A lot of people said, Hey, you're in the SEC East. This is a this is a time where you can really take the program right. potentially to a SEC championship game. I'm like, okay, let's let's back up for a minute. Now, yes, we you should have high lofty goals. You should. If you don't, that's losers mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has high you know aspirations and goals they want to attain. Sure. let's take a step back missouri's a top 10 football team played georgia down almost oh. to the
2: wire and they has- played georgia better than anyone this season
0: tennessee is tennessee they're always going to be solid and the past <laughs> couple you. years they've been pretty good they own you. you played alabama and georgia this year <laughs> so at the end of the day you
2: know I mean, come we on! We all I have- picked them to go eight and four. At least, yeah. I, almost everyone I saw, I picked eight and four. So I was a game off. So yes, they yeah. failed my expectation. But yeah. the, I think the vast majority, maybe someone had a nine and three. Yeah,
1: I, think I think almost everyone had them
2: eight, 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 eight and four. Yeah, mm-hmm. eight and four, nine so, and three
1: at the max. So, hey, I'm, it's, uh, on the one hand, Missouri did what you hoped to do. And what you've done twice in the last five years, and so you, you Kentucky had That's those right. same expectations to go out and do what Missouri did to beat Missouri like you have been consistently doing. You're up fourteen nothing, and you have them in a fake like, damn you, punt, and you let go of the rope
2: as Cal likes to say. And their three best players had their worst game of the season, and so, you still lost. On what, the other, I, yeah, go on. Yeah. Sorry.
1: On the other hand, all these games. Look at the summer. Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee, you hope are quote-unquote coin flip games. So when the coin doesn't go your way, you can't lose your mind. If it's a coin flip game from the jump, sometimes you don't win the coin flip.
2: Correct. Correct. And we can get into it now as a segue. Uh, Look, they did They—I – I wouldn't say they salvaged the season. It's still – you know, like I said, I think eight and four, if they beat South Carolina and then did what they did in Louisville, I think you're hearing people pretty happy and upbeat right now. Mm -hmm. I I still think there's like a, there's definitely an excitement because you went in and you ruined Louisville season, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Louisville still got a chance to win the ACC and I think you put a little bit of an asterisk next to it if they do, because Florida state is not the same team without Jordan Travis, but you ended their playoff hopes if they had any, you went in there and you continued to do what you always do to them, which is beat them, <laughs> and you gained some momentum. Like that, that was a pumped up locker room. Uh, you could he- their their media room, um, their locker room. Uh, Jalen, you played at Louisville at least once, right? Yeah, well, yep, yeah, so their locker room is literally its across the hall from the uh, where we do the post game. So you can hear all the music, you can smell the cigars. That was a – and you walk in the tunnel with them to go to the press conference, jacked up group. And I think that did a lot going into the offseason – going into bowl prep and then the offseason. I mean, that is a momentum change. In 2016, when they beat Louisville in that game, when they were 20 – whatever they were, 28-point dogs, that has yeah. kind of propelled the wave of Kentucky football that – Got fans really excited about this program and all the way bought in on Mark Stoops and company and got Mark Stoops to where he's at. I'm not saying this win's going to do that, but it can. Like that was as fired up as I've seen a Kentucky football team in quite some time. And, you know, it's early, you know, we have until next Monday uh, with this transfer portal when it really opens and we really start seeing names drop like flies, but I thought it would be more than five right now and the fact it's only five look they're gonna kick some not kick guys out but you know what i mean they're gonna be like hey look it's better for you and me if you leave we gotta open spots so there's gonna be some of those where it's not guys that you know like are mad and leaving but like i don't think you're gonna worry about the big names after that game that's how much of an impact win i think it was like you see Zion walker pumped up in the comments when eli cox and marcus cox announced they're coming back like there's there's some fire with this team. There's excitement now. And um, that was a crucial win, not only to get some momentum for Stoops, get some momentum for the players, but put, you get a top ten win. A top ten win is a top ten win, and yeah. you do it against your arch rival.
0: And that, that was going to be my point, man. At the end of the day, the last time Kentucky beat a top ten team on a road was like 19-something. 77,
1: exactly. wow. yeah. uh, seven, man. When yeah. Derek yeah. Ramsey and Art Steele, and I wasn't even born yet. They beat Penn State. Yeah, Yeah. so (laughs) my dad was uh nine, 11 years old, so
0: that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you beat your rival now. Is Louisville your typical top 10 team? I I would say, uh, I don't know, but it's a top 10 win, right? Uh, you beat them at their place, you know, hated rivalry, all of that, able to give uh Jack Harlow the L's down. was awesome. like, I mean, come on, man. Like, that's that I mean <laughs> I, I think I think that win may have saved you uh some recruits from going elsewhere. That's how big that win was, in my opinion. That win was that that's a season saving win when you look at it from a specific point of view, as you've you you kind of saved your roster from really losing this foundation, you know, potentially. You kind of you can save this. What is it? 20. This was the next class, 24 class coming in. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think the win did wonders with that class. I agree. Uh, it's gonna do wonders. So I agree. you know that, help that's, in that's the how big. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the foundation, the foundation of your program is your student athletes. True so best. you you saved your year by beating Louisville at Louisville, top 10 win. How, I mean, again, and that's why I was also flabbergasted by some of those comments from uh, fans. Like, what? You just beat Louisville, a top 10 team on ESPN in front of the world. Your arch.
2: never biggest crowd in school history. Biggest crowd was, in school history. I mean, history. an amazing environment. Way pro Louisville.
0: <laughs> a, t- a team that had playoff aspiration if chaos happened. Yeah. A team that's going to the ACC championship game and, and may win it, in my opinion, I think might have win. the coach of the year. Yeah, literally. <laughs> the, Yeah, but maybe the coach of the year. You just beat them and you complain it. Yeah. So you know that's and, my thing. You know, so I think that win, that win was huge. You know yeah. that 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 you could put that one up there with uh, some of his. You know, I mean top three yeah. uh, best wins that since his time um, at Kentucky. And,
2: and there was all that talk the week before about how the locker room was lost. They're going to show up to Louisville and just. Take their ass beating and get out. I mean, they 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 showed up, man. Like they came out man. and played inspired. Like I th- thirty eight points. Yeah, 30, 30 <laughs> 38 points, and they did. And they, they got some short fields, but look, you that, caught it, man. Yeah, you did. But you um, got
1: it, Jalen. But the,
2: the the there are a couple things that stand out to me. I mean, one ke- opening kickoff, Louisville throws a punch, literal punch. Chris Bell, Kentucky didn't flinch. When all season they've been undisciplined and pushing, shoving, talking after the whistle, getting stupid penalties. They didn't punch. And guess what? They ended up the game with zero penalties. <laughs> I mean, a really emotional game where there was a fight yeah. game. Yeah. And Kentucky, and even that fight pregame, I was watching it. Louisville started that. Like Louisville came out <laughs> trying to poke you and you didn't take the bait. Like that says a lot that this team is still listening to this coaching staff. This team is still bought in, even though things last week. It was terrible. Like, that said a lot. And then the play that I think was the most underlooked – there are a couple, but I think for me, the play that was so underlooked that kind of flipped the momentum was in the second quarter. Kentucky's got a third and 11 or third and 10, whatever it was. And Kamari Anderson makes his first career catch, and he hurdles the man, gets the extra yard for a first down. They go down and score on that drive. That was, like, the type of effort play that, like, I know Louisville took ten, two more 10-point leads. But that type of effort play was like, okay, yeah, this team, they're here to play today. They're coming, and they're they're going to give everything they got to get this win. And you know what? Uh, again, 38 points, like you said, Jalen. The offense, again, it wasn't perfect, but they did make some – explosive plays i mean the wheel route to isaiah cummings we'll talk about in a few here um to set up the ray davis touchdown on another wheel the next play that's as exciting a sequence you get Barry on brown in the open space on a kick return i thought the catch Barry on brown made to set up ray davis's game-winning touchdown was a really tough play really good mm-hmm. throw. and then you know your superstar showed up when he's been struggling the last couple of weeks ray davis unbelievable way to go out and uh He won them that game on offense, I thought. And Devin Leary made enough throws, even though he almost threw the game away at the end. But uh, he did make enough throws. And then defensively, how about J.J. Weaver, man? He he had not shown up really all year. He would frustrated by it. Um, Most outspoken guy about the team not having fun. Dude forces a fumble, recovers it. That was the play that really, really started to make you think, okay, like Kentucky might win this thing. Then D-Jack makes that hustle play to punch the ball free from Plummer, who's just trying to get out of bounds, but he held the ball out, and D-Jack knocks it out. J.J. scoops that one, and then he has a sack. I mean, he showed up. Some of your superstars that have either been struggling of late or all year showed up in this game, and it was, it was a great thing to see, and I really think between having some superstars kind of set the tone and then Still being on board with this coaching staff and listening to their messaging, I mean, <laughs> that's, a, that's that's as encouraging of a win uh, you can have for uh, to when you're finishing seven and five.
1: Yeah, and it was, you know, um, just I talked about it last week. Ray seemingly disconnected, no juice yeah, after the tweet. touchdown, and then you look at what a difference it was Saturday <laughs> where he's, he's L's down. He's, he was the Florida, red. He was the Florida Red. Yeah. Yeah. So he was back. Oh, uh, you look at how, well, look how the end of the game against South Carolina, where Larry goes to interception, you, you don't even, you don't even really get a chance to try to drive down the field. You come out and just turn it right back over uh-huh. immediately. Now Saturday, the game was tied, but, you go down and you, you can take leave to field goal. You go down and get a touchdown, like on a redemption type drive, and you go out and just and you do it. it like that. Yeah, you went and just just got it. And so, I think. um what Aaron, I think it was even you. I think you tweeted or said it? You said they were destined for six and six after they lost to South Carolina. Look I mean, they they, they were yeah yeah, and then to see the complete turnaround. You mentioned Dude. it, no penalties and just. To be locked in like
2: that. That was their first win in a game that they had trailed at any point outside of Ball State and EKU. Like, when this team got down, it was over. This team couldn't handle it. Like, they did not overcome adversity, just like the issue was last year. And Mark Stoops made the whole big thing of it at SEC Media Day when, you know, we got to handle adversity better. Up until Saturday. This team did not do that, <laughs> like, at all. Every time they trailed the game, like, they couldn't, like, the first quarter against South Carolina, they're down 10-0. Yeah, they came back and took the lead, but they still choked. Uh, Tennessee game, they get down early. They fought back. They, they couldn't recover fully. As soon as Missouri took the lead on them, they took one lead for, like, a minute and then gave it right back. I mean, they just could not handle falling behind. They stunk in the fourth quarter, and they flipped every single script <laughs> in this game. And they just they have Louisville's number, man. Like even Louisville fans, I don't know what you could say. I, I see the, the thing that they're trying to say is oh where when's your game on Saturday? Well, if you were in the SEC, you're six and six. Like I'm like you're just it, it, it even like and I, Maybe. I, I heard someone, I heard an, a Louisville fan make this point, like Jawar Jordan and Isaac who two really good players. Like, the, some of the plays that were there bounced to the outside, whether it's an outside zone run or they're just bouncing it out, whatever, like, they were getting to the edge and getting a ton of yards in ACC play. SEC play, Kentucky's linebackers caught up to them. Like, it, it's just a different beast in the SEC, man.
1: You know, and it's so crazy that to- everybody knows that all the coaches know that yeah all the coaches in every league talk physicality brahm talks physicality and and maybe they're a little more physical than they were in the center field but still just that that difference and the acc a lot of it is in the southeast it's southeast adjacent but yep. for it to be such a gap is it's just wow
0: it's a it's a gap and it's the gap is 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 so big and you mm-hmm. know like like kirby smart said i mean uh, people got a lot of things to say about the sec is down and all of that but like you said just come play come man. play it come play yeah. it come over here come over here and play it and like i said oklahoma texas is going to find out next year now texas may be a little bit better off uh but oklahoma's definitely going to find out next year <laughs> Oklahoma's going to be in a world of hurt next year, man. Hmm. You know, it is what it is. Like, they it's are going, going to be a, be a in world of hurt. Yeah.
1: They
0: sold out for the bag, uh, and that SEC badge is what they did. Texas is going to be fine, but Oklahoma's going to be in a world of hurt because you, you're you not about to come over here and just – I mean, you lost two games in uh, Big 12 this year, and, you know,
1: yep.
0: arguably could have been four uh, yep. based on what I've seen. But yeah, you know,
2: they had some close ones.
0: Yeah, so, you know – you coming over here? You play, you talking about going to Ole Miss at Ole Miss? And these aren't even these are second tier SEC schools. Going to Ole Miss, going to even going to the swamp at night or going to the swamp. Period. You know, you going to some of these schools that you yeah. think you have Missouri. You yes. think you have a win. They've uh,
2: got. They've got. Oklahoma's they got Tennessee at home. Sorry, I just want to give it to these Tennessee at home, Alabama at home, at Texas in the uh, Cotton Bowl. At Auburn, that ain't an easy place to play. At LSU, that ain't easy. Mm. At Missouri, won't be easy next year. Home against South Carolina. At the vault against Ole Miss. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So you know, let 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 let's see, man. I can't wait for that.
1: So that that was eight. Wow, man. Okay. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. So like you said, seventy five is is it is what it is, but it's it. It's a lot more soothing than six and six and well, yeah, you know, and a chance been. to win eight.
2: You have a chance uh-huh. to win eight.
1: Uh-huh. That's true. So, is it is it ninety nine point nine percent Duke's Mayo already?
2: Wow, it. <laughs> <laughs> what, I'm okay. Look, I might
0: see the matchup though. Like
2: yeah, so. Sharp. first of all, I had a great time at the bowl game when they were in this one four years ago when it was the belt bowl. I mean, that was, of course, the Lynn Bowden game where he's getting into fights pregame with Virginia Tech, and then he just runs all uh, – it. and it was a back – it was an incredible football game. So And Charlotte's a great city, so I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Opponent-wise, it, it sounds like it, it could be Virginia Tech again. There's a lot of smoke on that, which Virginia Tech, they score a lot of points. This season, They score a lot of points. It's not and – the, and the other one would probably be Duke, which – they're a mess now that Mike Elko's out of there and uh Riley Leonard's in the transfer portal. So um mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see. Mike but, uh,
1: Elko is in college station.
2: So Mike Elko's in college station, <laughs> the greatest coach in the history of coaches. Yes. Um so yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's most likely. I mean, there I guess there's an outside chance it could be the Texas Bowl or the Liberty Bowl, which would be against a Big 12 team, which would probably be Our a Red- little bit more fun, but yeah. uh we shall see. We'll know no for sure on Sunday.
1: Hopefully, if it is Duke's, you know, same vocation, hopefully it's not a reboot opponent. We, you know.
2: Yeah. We, I mean, last year's
1: Duke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Iowa part two or Virginia Tech part two, you know, NC yeah. State, We've Georgia Tech, we've seen a lot of these opponents already. It was Georgia Tech as a boat eligible, but y'all know what I'm saying. Yeah. Just get a different. Opponent, if possible, even if it is the same bowl. Yeah, no, Georgia
2: Tech is bowl eligible. They've they've six
1: and six. Oh, I thought they were five. I yeah. thought Georgia made them five and seven. My yeah, bad. six and six. My apologies, <laughs> rambling Rick. Oh,
2: uh. <laughs> I, I only know that because I've seen them on bowl projections. So
1: that's right. They were six and five. You're right. They were six and five uh, going into Georgia. um before we hit the basketball, we got to hit man the, the portal, and then yeah. we also had. Uh, Scott Woodward is no longer gonna be the wide receivers coach. Which um, I don't know if if you were to asked to pick a position, that probably would have been the, would, the, yeah, the one to get picked. And like offensive coordinator, has been a, a lot of turnover there. Been a lot of turnover at this yeah.
2: particular this will be position. Six. Coach number six. Yeah, what do he you actually? He'll finish. This is the second longest, or tied as the second as the longest. Uh, tenured um, wide receivers coach, uh forget the name of the guy who's first guy. He was there when you were there, Jalen. Uh, their first wide receivers coach under Stoops was... Maynard. Maynard, yeah. He he was three years and so was uh, Woody. But yeah, I look, when, you're, when your position group has 18 drops, only has four guys total to have a catch... You're going to get you're going to get the boot. So it is what it is. His contract was expiring anyway. uh, And you make a move and we'll see who they hire there. It's really early. Uh, I think the biggest name that's being speculated that would make a lot of sense is Des Moines Craig, um, who just is leaving Texas A&M five years. Yeah, Yeah. he has history (laughs) with Mark Stoops at Florida State.
1: It's another and, quarterback. Auburn got it on.
2: Yeah, and he has recruited. I mean, he recruited Evan Stewart, who might be heading in, heading into the portal. Uh, he's gotten a lot of five star wins at A and M and at other places. James Coley, too, um, another guy who's on that A and M staff, who was with Stoops at Florida State. So those are the two I'm watching super early right now. Uh, There'll probably be more. Uh, I've seen some fun ones like Craig East kind of jokingly get flirted maybe <laughs> not jokingly and I saw uh I saw Juice Johnson and Jeff Badette advocate on Twitter to have the job and share it so but no I, I I would I would keep an eye on those 2 AM guys though you know they're not going to be guys who are being retained by Mike Helco down there um so that that's where my eyes go first but it's it's tough to guess on uh wide receivers coaches it's much easier to speculate coordinators and head coaches
0: yeah, that that receiver coach thing was tough. I, I just think they got to bring in somebody who, uh, you know, number one who can recruit. Damon Craig can do that. Oh, yeah. He's been around. You know, I, I, Damon Craig would be a fantastic hire, mm-hmm. uh, not mm-hmm. only because – and this is a thing that, you know, kind of gets overshadowed, but he's a quarterback's guy. He's again, a quarterback. Again, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you got a good – coach who can recruit and he's actually a good coach on the field as well and he's a quarterback guy i think your passing game automatically takes a boost or gets a boost um <laughs> he, was he can, the primary he have- recruiter for
2: Jameis winston
0: yeah so you know and i remember Damian craig you know i used to see him all the time man he used to he used to come to our school all the time in high school um i mean he's we used to see him like in the mall where we're from like he i mean he, he we you know I know who he is. And you know, he recruited me. He recruited my brother a little bit. You uh, so you know, uh, I think that'll be a great hire. He's a good dude, man. He can he can recruit, man. I did at the end of the day. This is that's what it's about. He can bring yeah. you he can bring you those uh those balls. Yeah.
2: That's right. He's a he's a mobile, he's from Mobile, right? No from Mobile, I don't play that all. Yep. Uh, yep. Oh, know, so. I remember
1: so is it I don't know how many Former quarterbacks are wide receivers coaches. Woody, <laughs> but well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, across the country or whatever, yeah. But or how common or uncommon it is, but from the standpoint of maybe not coaching, you how to run your route, but you definitely they know where they want the receiver to be. That's right. From that standpoint, right, Jay?
0: Uh, no doubt. I mean, it, it, it's just it, it's that, but it's just like the overall. Teaching the overall foundation of the pass game from a quarterback perspective mm. gives the receiver a better outlook at what's to happen. Mm. And this kind of gets um, overshadowed a little bit. And I'm looking for a name right now because we had a I don't know why this name kind of leaves me, but we had a we had a name. Um we had a coach at Kentucky who um he was a receiver coach, but he played quarterback at Auburn. Pat. Uh I don't know why. I don't know why his name was leaving me, but. But anyway, yeah, you you get a chance to, receivers get a chance to see. Okay, this is why the quarterback didn't throw me the ball. Yes, I'm open, but. This coverage told him to go here, mm-hmm. so you just get guys to really buy into that and believe. So you you have a you have less of a disgruntled, receiver room. A lot of times when you have, coaches who, play quarterback. Um, so Pat. Pat Washington was our receivers coach my freshman year at Kentucky. He was a quarterback at Auburn as well um, from Mobile, Alabama. But yeah, so I think, you know, it, it, I'm always looking for a guy who can understand the passing game at a, you know, a, 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 a kind of a grander level uh, hmm. from that point of view. And you also get a guy who played the position, but coached under exceptional quarterback coaches and office systems. Jimbo Fisher, I mean, Mm -hmm. he coached under that system. I mean, that's a – I have the playbook uh, from when they were at Florida State. Don't ask me how. And they ran a lot of stuff, man. It was a very comprehensive system, college concepts, pro concepts. You got to coach with that experience and come to – you know, based on what he said, at least Liam is going to kind of change this thing around a little bit. Uh, and I know we'll speculate on the quarterbacks that they may get, but yeah. uh, to make this thing a little bit more um, college quarterback friendly, if I had to guess,
1: yeah, uh-huh. yeah, absolutely. So, a lot more stuff uh, popping off. You we know, like said the Koch brothers coming back, Eli and Marcus coming back. So that's, that's huge. That's huge. Um, Ray Davis going pro. Isaiah Cummins in the portal. Um uh, what else yeah. we got? Grant um
2: Grant Bingham, Jalen yeah. Geiger, Jamari mm-hmm. Stinkins, and yeah. DeKel Krautis. Yeah. Those are your five I, right now.
1: And I remember you know Krautus was the one that everybody everybody hoped like I hope yeah. that he would come and stay home. Yeah, got the got the Frederick Doug Douglas pipeline there in Lexington. Just didn't uh, work out. Just started this podcast and I was doing it by myself, and that was that was one of those breaking news podcasts. Oh, yeah. you staying home, and Huge it just one. wasn't able to, to ever really. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and that happens. And you know, Grant Bingham was a former four-star guy as well. Mm-hmm. I've heard there's some injury things there too. That mm-hmm. it may be more than just a transfer portal but um, I don't want to speculate too hard. But, yeah, I mean, look, at, at the end of the day, these five guys leaving, I think the biggest one's probably Cummings, but that room, man. I mean, Kamar Anderson, I've heard he, there's a lot to like about that dude, and he kind of gave you a little uh, – he's already been blocking really well, uh, but then he gave you a sneak peek uh, of what he could be on that play against Louisville. And then, obviously, Jordan Dingle and Josh Caddis are coming back, so uh, you're bringing in Willie Rodriguez started – kind of high three-star guy. Uh, and they even have another guy, uh, Tanner LeMaster, on scholarship. So that room is just loaded. Uh, Cummings really didn't get going until late, so makes sense. And then same with the you know the other guys. I mean, Jamar Stinkins kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit uh, on the interior D-line. Uh, Bingham was hurt all this year, was a red shirt last year. Um, who are the other ones? Crowd is, yeah, not even a catch this year, not even a target. And then um, Jalen Geiger – another one where yeah there's experience there would have been nice to retain but uh what you know he's been he's been healthy for a couple weeks now and Ty Bryant was playing so well you couldn't take him off the field and then Jordan Love got healthy and he was so much better when he got back so couldn't really take him off the field for those two guys and Zion Childress had his best game of the season against Louisville so um you know that's a tough one but you'll probably uh, my guess is the positions that are going to be targeted are going to be it's going to start with quarterback of course I think they're going to add a running back. I think they're going to add a wide receiver. Uh, offensive line-wise, I think they're going to add probably – I would think at least two, you know, one interior, one outside guy. I mean, I think Jeremy Fox is out of eligibility. So, I don't think – I think he's the only guy who's not going to be back from the starting lineup. I mean, I'm not counting Horsey in that because he missed so much time. Um, mm-hmm. So, maybe you had a tackle, but you have Cortland Ford coming back too. So, that's mm-hmm. a guy to remember he's there. And then defense side of the ball, I still think they probably will see. There's NFL decisions for Trevin Wall, more so Trevin Wallace. He's a yeah. big NFL decision. Derek has one too, but I think he'll be back for a fifth year. And then – so they might still add another linebacker and then definitely, you know, maybe a corner, maybe a safety. So I think last year they added 13 guys between the the early signing period and then after spring ball. I think it will be that number again. I think that's probably the number to look at 13 Um, but it's all starts quarterback and um, it's really early right now you know there's going to be it's already a pretty good list but I think it'll be even better Uh, the two I'd say the three guys to watch for now uh, from most likely to least um, the first one is Will Howard from Kansas State six foot five Mm -hmm. uh, got a bunch of Ivy League offers out of high school he um, is a guy to keep an eye on he's you know is that his one downside is completion percentage i think it's in the high 50s but he's a gutsy guy if you watch that big 12 title game last year uh leading them to a win over uh tcu he takes <laughs> he is a, he's uh he stands in that pocket he, he can run a little bit um and this year he kind of got screwed at the end where Kansas State got a, had a pretty good uh, in-state recruit, and they platooned at the end of the season. But, you know, Howard throws for two, 2,643, 24 touchdowns, and ran for uh, 364. So kind of looks a little bit like Will Levis out there. That's the comparison I've been told. Uh, then the other two early that are in for now, I think Tyler Van Dyke, there's just connections with the coaching staff. He's another Connecticut guy out of Miami. He's kind of been cool. up and down, was really good in 21, not so good the last two years. Uh, and then Will Rogers, there's been links, there's been contact, but I don't think he really fits the scheme for Kentucky. I don't think it's going to happen. I've heard, I was reading an athletic article that Miami seems to be kind of where he's probably going to end up at. So I wouldn't read too much into that. But if they enter, guys like Brock Vandegrift from Georgia, um, could be one. Uh, there's a quarterback over at, um, Quarterback over at NC State, M.J. Morris, I believe his name is. That could be one to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Baylor quarterback that entered the portal, too, could be one also. But it's still really early in the game with quarterbacks. But um, I'm actually, if you want to read it, uh, hopefully by tomorrow, I have a list of guys that kind of just all over, not just quarterbacks, but all over that could be targets for Kentucky. And kind of the criteria are scheme fit. And then uh, Kentucky loves taking guys out of the portal, like um, recruited out of high school. And there's a number of those already in there, so uh, I'll have that up tomorrow at some point. So 99, the
1: thecatspaws.com, A Gershon ninety nine, the Catspaws twenty four seven. Real quick for your basketball, Jalen, you from Alabama, and you from Connecticut. What like? We see kids, you know, everybody wants crowds to stay home. Yeah. And, you know, the Louisville kids, Vince, go get Louisville and put a fence around Louisville, get these kids <laughs> to be Kentucky. Is it as crazy to that level in Alabama and Connecticut as it is here? Is it – but did everybody in Connecticut want Levis to go to UConn, even though he went to Penn State? And Jalen, you know, just did the kids that go to Auburn and Alabama, is it the same th- – You know, Fervor as a kid from Montgomery. Oh, I hope he go to Alabama. Is it as – is everybody as crazy as we are in other states?
2: Connecticut basketball, yeah, football, they don't care. They want them to go and win somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) They they want to see him. There was a tight end um, when I was in high school. Uh, His name was Scooter Harrington. He ended up playing at Stanford. He was originally committed to BC. He had a pretty good offer list, and everyone's just like, I forget what school. There was a big name in there. They're like, "Go there, go there. We want to watch you there." But he ended up in Stanford, and uh, I think he was a four or five year guy there. So, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, definitely basketball. Yeah, they want to keep those guys at UConn. There's no okay. doubt about it. Or or Syracuse, something along those lines.
1: Mm. Okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you were a big, you know,
0: big name, you know, Alabama standards would have gotten so high that if, you know, if you're a four or five star guy. Mm -hmm. Or if you had a Bama offer, of course, the people around, like, that's where you go. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't leave anywhere else. You don't leave the state to go somewhere else if you have a Bama offer. Uh, Auburn is well, but Bama, you know, when I was in high school, Bama kind of were just starting that dynasty. So, you know, if you had a Bama offer, that's that's where you went, you know, and uh, that's where you were expected to go. And if you didn't, then people had a lot to say. But... uh, Mm -hmm. That, that's just you know. That's just what it was. So, I would say it's probably crazier uh, because I think Bama has a bit a larger fan base uh, with football. Um, you know, I think you know you probably got a little bit crazier fans in Bama as well when it comes to football. Yeah, uh, it was probably you know comparable to Kentucky basketball, but I think when you're talking football, mm-hmm. you know, that Auburn Bama thing is is nuts, man. When it comes to that,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like the you know Reed Shepherd from Kentucky, especially, especially from the, well, all throughout the state, but especially in the, from the mountains. You from Eastern Kentucky, you know, it's, they him to go, and then you want to do well, you want to play. And that's been happening for decades. And you go back to you know Richie Farmer playing in the eighties, and you know, there was no social media, and they're calling in. Is Richie gonna play on the call-in shows? And that's it's just it's just that push, push, push for especially one from your own neck of the woods. So it's just. Interesting to see how that dynamic works. Yeah. Um, speaking of the basketball, man, look, we 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 did our thing and hell. We 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 SEC ACC challenge. We did our part. You know, unlike some of these other yeah, teams, yeah. Tennessee getting blasted. I'll, by I'll give Carolina. Tennessee
2: a break because Tal- Dalton Connect apparently got seriously injured at the end of that game. Um,
1: oh yeah, they was losing. Anyway. I mean, they made they, a big comeback. Oh okay.
2: But they yeah. they was
1: down twenty at halftime. Uh yeah, no, I know. Uh, I know they and, cut uh, it. They made a rally, but I, they yeah. was they was losing the whole time. I'm giving now.
2: them some sympathy though, because if they lose Dalton Connect, like that changes the that's, SEC landscape. He that's
1: all you've been hearing this pre this dude for them. Rightfully
2: so. And uh and one of the best players in the country. Yeah. Sounded pretty serious there, so hopefully he's all right. But no, yeah, yeah. The look, uh, the SEC was supposed to be pretty darn good this year. It's kind of got off to a little bit of a slower start than people would probably would have wanted. I know Mississippi State, who was undefeated and ranked, got beat last night at Georgia Tech. Arkansas was actually up early on uh, Duke, so that could be one to watch. But um, yeah, Carolina won um, their game.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, what else is there? Virginia beat Texas A&M tonight, so that's another loss. For the SEC. Auburn's beating up Virginia Tech right now. So it's going to end up around even. But overall, I think the SEC has been a little bit of a disappointment, but uh, Kentucky hasn't been. <laughs> I mean, look, they, uh, outside of like a five minute collapse against Kansas, like they have been everything and more that you could ask for with this team. And Look, the St. Joe's game that went into overtime. St. Joe's just beat Villanova tonight. Yep. They're pretty good. Eric Reynolds, mm-hmm. uh, one of the best players in the country so far. So you, the Marshall game, you score 118. That's never been done before in the Cal era. And they, last night, not too much of the Final Four with almost all the same guys, and you kicked the crap out of them. I mean,
1: you settled for even, 95. They could have scored 100 something last night. Yeah, they, 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 yeah, he they settled they for on 95. Larenager, yeah,
2: Cal and Larranega are tight, and uh, <laughs> it was funny that. um the, the crowd, like five minutes left, started to chant overrated, overrated. And Mikel's like, no, no, no. And he shut the crowd up. He really didn't want to embarrass his buddy, like Jim Laranaga, over there. But, <laughs> no, they kicked the crap out of them, And they did it with offense, offense, offense. And they played some defense. It was probably their best defensive performance of the year. But mm-hmm. uh, they just got – that's what's so exciting about this team, man, is they have six to seven killers where, like, you give them a shot – they're going to make it more times than they're not. And if one of them has an off night or two of them have an off night, you still have enough to to kind of get around it. And um I mean, Reed Shepard obviously has been the best player so far. He was unbelievable last night. Antonio Reeves is kind of like forgotten just how good he is because yeah. they don't have to rely on him to be the yeah. only guy. They could let him be and do his thing. And he's a consistent 20 point Trey Mitchell offensively awesome doing just enough defensively. Um you know, you hope DJ Wagner's okay. I don't, we'll see what mm-hmm. the severity is there, but sounds like Aaron Bradshaw is going to play on Saturday. And if not next Saturday, one of the two. So you're going to get a seven footer in there. Probably the best one of the three too. I mean, it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is shaping up to be a special year. I think they kind of put, you saw the Jeff Goodmans of the world who have been skeptical with this Kentucky team. The They're starting to, they're starting to prove some people wrong real quick. Uh, that was a statement win uh, last night uh, and, Look, man, uh, that, this is this could get a lot of fun. This could be a lot of fun this year.
1: And you, know, you had seen, I mean, Dillingham and Shepard have been doing this every game, coming in yeah. off the bench. Before, unfortunately, Wagner got hurt, but he had put two good games Absolutely. together going into he was last night. Before he got hurt, yeah. And so you're wanting to kind of see Edwards kind of find the groove, and he did it last night. Uh, he, you know, little garbage bucket, he got himself going, place. got himself in a rhythm, and then he was rolling. And I was I'm not saying glad to see them get down, but Miami hit to 18-2 yeah. run, and I'm like, let's okay, all of that. Let, let's see how they handle it. They Let's see how they can take a punch. And they closed, and they were up five at halftime after yes. seeing that league go away, and yep. then – because it looked like the blowout was going to happen. It's 21-11. I'm like, okay. It's, yeah, it's, no, it's I, thought, a I thought it would be a route from the jump.
2: Right away, and right.
1: Miami, you know, got off the mat and punched back, and then Kentucky responded. So that was that was good to see, too. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, I think, look, they, in the, it was kind of – it laid out similar to the Kansas game where yeah, you play really well most of the first half. You can take the lead in the half, and then you start the second half red hot. And that's when Kentucky let go of the rope, right? They took a 14-point lead in that Kansas game, and that's where it started to go the other way. Mm-hmm. This game, you do the same thing. Where I think Miami calls the timeout down, it was either 14 or 15, and then you just kept you just kept it going. Like they, there was no stopping the fact you were able to keep it going the whole way. And uh, Cal's right the the way the pace this team plays at, uh, it's going to tire teams out. There are going to be some that are good enough to deal with it, a, a select few, uh, but not many. And Miami, who's a really good team that plays a really similar style, could not keep up. They were tired. They were. They didn't know what hit them with the crowd. It was just. It was a special night. It was as good of a win in a non-conference game like that since the Kansas game uh, a couple of years ago down in Lawrence. So major credit to this team so far. It's been a lot of fun to watch, and you know uh, they have a the December schedule is better than you would think. Like UNCW is kind of similar to St. Joe's, where they're a pretty good high uh, mid-major team. They're five and one. Uh, they won 24 and eight last year. And then you got uh, UNC coming up in two weeks who just beat Tennessee and they're playing really good basketball. U Penn beat Villanova. Uh, and then you get to kick yeah. fast for free. At the end of the month. So uh, it should be another fun month here in December for this basketball team. And Man, going into January, they, they could easily be a one or only a one loss team going into SEC play. Like that should be something that gets you you pretty giddy. It's been a while since you've had that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So good stuff, you know, and Bradshaw looked great in the warm ups. Yeah. He's yeah. got yeah. whatever that means. And all that. I don't know
2: if that means anything, but it, and look, I saw him play in Houston. He he's gonna impact the game. And mm-hmm. as long as he can keep up with the pace, which it may take yeah. a little bit and he may right. have to cut his Cut his minutes early, but mm-hmm. as long as he can keep up with the pace, uh he's only going to help because they do need re- – they're getting out-rebounded every night. That's not sustainable.
1: Mm-hmm. you got to say something, Jayler.
0: No, I was just saying I, I'm just glad there's – you know, I this team is fun to watch like I anticipated. I'm just glad mm-hmm. that I can, you know, get a chance to watch a team that's going to run and shoot, man. That's going <laughs> to run up and down oh, the court. That's going to make You don't shots. miss <laughs> stall ball? <laughs> hey, man, I <laughs> – I, 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 I'm I a fan of, you know, because, you know, maybe that's just because of how I was. But, you know, they are shooting at a very high clip. And yeah. I think um, that's sustainable when you got teams that, that can run and you know you're going to get your rebounding back eventually. Um, but teams that can wear you out with seven guys that can get up and down the court and those guys can actually put the ball in the hoop if you leave them open. Uh, from three, you know, that, that's, a, that's a good recipe because, like you said, you know, if one of them off is two of them off, if three of them off, you still have enough, still got enough on a good night to beat good teams, um, in my opinion, from what I've seen. So, um, yeah. you know, Reed Shepard has been outstanding. I mean, nice pure shot, you know, off the dribble, you know, just, you know, pick and pop, whatever, you know, just swinging it to him. And he's, you know, so he's I just gone, think. Man. Yeah, I, I I just you know I can't wait to see kind of the, the big guys added into that lineup to see what that looks like, but you sometimes you are almost like man, it, hopefully it don't slow what they got going down. <laughs> I know. In the long run, they'll need it though. They'll they'll need yeah, that. They'll yeah. need that rebounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm anxious to see what happens. I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to see it, man. I I know Kentucky fans, based on what I've been seeing online, are active uh when it comes to basketball now they are it's a different feel from what it was last year and the year before yeah
2: yeah i mean kentucky just a couple quick stats they're shooting uh, 42.5 percent from three i mean a kentucky team's doing that um that's fifth best in the country miami's third and uncw who they play saturday is second so uh that'll be another should be another high scoring one but i mean there's they're averaging 94 points per game which is insane They've scored at least 80 in every game. You know how many times they scored 80 last year? All of last year. Once? was it? No, more than that. More than that. It was four times, right? A little more. It was nine out of their whatever games. This year, they've done it mm. all seven. Like, they're going to pass that next weekend against Penn. It's crazy. Mm. It, it's And they did it all four games in Canada. And I think they definitely did it against Kentucky State. I don't remember if they did it in that ugly Georgetown game. But, like. This is fun. This is fun basketball. And if they add some defense and rebounding, I mean, who's not to say they're the I'm not going to call them the best team in the country yet, but who's not to say they're not a top five team? I mean, I don't so, think I, – I don't know. I, I think they're a top ten team right now. I think they're borderline top five. If you add some rebounding and defense to what this offense is doing, they're a top five team. I, I don't know how you could say otherwise.
1: And, I mean, you've seen what they've done in their two games against top ten teams too. They more than had their own – you Blow Miami out and you give Kansas all they want, so uh, and to be this young and take care of the ball, there's not they don't turn the ball over and they're not selfish. I mean, they're making extra, extra, extra passes yeah. when you know I'm open, but I'm gonna go ahead and give it to you, Jalen, because you're more open and you pass to Aaron because he's more open to you. So that's you know, yeah, that's
0: exciting. That's what yeah. you want to see, mm-hmm. you know, that's what you want to see,
1: yeah. So you know the optimism we talked about last week. The optimism continues to rise as everybody anticipates a big or two or three coming back, and they're rolling. And now it seems fun to them. They're they're not playing with a lot of pressure. They're not uptight. And so Cal's got to maintain it and just kind of keep it sharp, and then just build on what he's got. It's not like he's having to pull stuff out of the mud and clean it up and cobble it together. He's just got to – it's it's pretty fine-tuned. Yeah. Now you just got to maintain and, and you know, still try to improve, even though you're playing great.
2: Right,
1: okay. <laughs> man, Phil, I think we got it all in, this Absolutely. episode. Yeah, uh,
2: man.
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot it's... to get to, but I think we got it.
2: Yeah there definitely was a lot to get to and there's going to be more to get to next Wednesday cuz uh we'll have a lot more names in that portal. Yeah. Uh I think just as a disclaimer it'll take two more weeks, three more weeks to truly see some commits and all that start rolling in. Maybe it'll go a little little quicker this year because teams are just tampering more and more. Um, But um, it's going to be fun, man. I think this Kentucky team, they they have a good high school class already. I think it's ranked in the top 22-ish. So um, it's going to be fun there. And you got another game Saturday. As I just said, it should be another high scoring game at Rupp. So uh, there's a lot to like in Lexington right now. We were kind of... A couple of weeks ago, it looked like it was going to be a dark week of Kentucky sports, right? They almost lost to St. Joe's. Uh, if they had lost to St. Joe's, Kansas, and South Carolina in that, like, five-day span, like, all hell would have broke loose. But instead, it's been as good a stretch as it's been here in Lexington in a while. So, hopefully the good vibes will continue.
1: Absolutely. So, um, everybody, check this episode out. Like I say, go to Blade.com, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, uh, live stream it's all up where you can check it out we definitely appreciate y'all feel free to put comments in there saw some people peeping in and jumping in and out so uh come back next week we'll be here uh keep up with aaron on thecatspaws.com let the portal talk and all his articles check out the article tomorrow jalen whitlow is an author so check him out as well he's also a coach If you want to get your young quarterback coached up holler at him as well so Fellas, we've enjoyed it. Hope y'all enjoyed as well. We enjoy bringing it to you. For Jalen Whitlow and Ann Gershaw, my name is Vinny Hardy. We'll be back next week. Uh, Barnes for emergency podcast needs.
2: Uh, Don't go to Iowa, Mark.
1: For another episode of Believe in Kentucky, and we're hollering everybody next week, man. That'd be good.